We went to New Orleans for a week, and um, we served along Pastor Troy, and he actually has two kind of different things going on. Um, He has cross-culture community church, which meets on Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock at Edgewater Baptist Church um, in New Orleans. And Edgewater has just been very gracious about opening um, their doors and allowing him to use that church and bless that community. Um, And then he also has a ministry called Church Without Walls, where he feeds the homeless in the heart of New Orleans on Saturday morning. Um, And he has a church service, and it's really neat. And it's not just his church, but it's a lot of churches that come alongside him. And so we met a lot of cool people and have a lot of cool stories. Um, But I just want to give you um, just kind of what we did that week. On Monday when we got there that afternoon, we, we met Pastor Troy and... We went to the night ward where the levees were breached, um, and he kind of gave us a, a little lesson on New Orleans that night, um, and we ate super late, and our kids were super hangry by that time. Um, and then um, Tuesday, we just kind of prepared for Bible school. We got to go to Edgewater, um, where we were going to be teaching Bible school, and or the adults, and we checked it out and kind of decided how we were going to set up. Um, and then we did Bible school Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Also on Wednesday, um, we went to Bethel. Um, and just kind of background, Bethel community is um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's just kind of a picture of what the church should be. Um, it, is, it is a rehab and also a safe house for battered women and children. And... Um, they live together, and they are um, they're taught, and they are provided jobs. Um, there was a, a coffee shop that was ran by graduates of the program. There was a snow cone stand. Um, there was a huge car wash that was always really busy. Um, but it was just um, a super cool place. Um, that is where Pastor Troy takes people um, from the Church Without Walls. When he, when he goes to New Orleans and they have someone who wants to get off the streets, he takes them to Bethel Community. Um, and they are provided with um, counseling and, um, and jobs. It's, it's a really, really neat, neat thing. Um, so on, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we did Bible school. But then on Wednesday afternoon, um, we went to Bethel for like a backyard Bible study. The, guy, the guys and girls, they did a skit with Roberto, who is the youth minister at Troy's church. Um, and we just kind of had a black block party. We, um, we did um, hamburgers and hot dogs and just spent some time loving on those ladies and, and their kids. Um, Thursday, after Bible school, we canvassed the community um, for the block party about... Um, Around, around the church where we were serving at Edgewater. And then we also went on a prayer walk. Um, there's a place called Healing Waters Community Center, and they allow all different types of religions to come in and practice. Um, and they did not want to allow, not our missionary, but another missionary serving there, they did not want to allow him to come in and, and serve. Um, but he is holding services there, and so we prayer walked in that area. Um, Friday after Bible school, um, we had a lady from Bethel who had completed the program, I think. I'm not sure if she graduated. Her name was Erica. She came and gave her testimony, and that was really cool. And then on Saturday, um, we did the homeless service. We got to see, um, we got to see what Pastor Troy does, and he and other other churches. I would I would ask, so do you go to? Um, Cross Culture Community Church, which is Pastor Troy. Oh no, we just do church without walls, and so we have all these different churches, all these different people come into New Orleans to um, to feed the homeless and to love on them. Um, they had like a table set up with clothing and, and food. It was really really neat. Um, and then that afternoon was the block party, and the ladies brought their kids from the Bethel community to the block party, and even the ladies loved it. They went down the slides and. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Um, so do y'all have any questions? Like, I don't know. It was, it was really neat. Did I cover everything that we did, guys? I mean, the major stuff? Okay. Um, 
So there's just four people I wanted to tell you about super quick. Um, one, one guy was in Pastor Troy's youth group, and his name was Javon. Um, and Pastor Troy actually met him through their Christmas program. Like he, they, they did Christmas for his family. And Javon came to Bible school the first day, and then the second day he brought his siblings. And I'll let, you'll hear about them, I'm sure. Um, there were five kids in their family, and um, Javon was the oldest, and it was just his mom, Tiffany, and they, um, Javon will be moving to college this year, and so y'all just pray for their family, because the the three other, the four other little boys, they're a handful, and she's going to try to do it, you know, on her own without Javon there, but if you'll just pray for Javon and his family. Um, another young lady I met at Bethel Community, her name was Victoria, and she had a little girl with her, and then she had two other children at home, younger children, um, and she was going through their rehab program, but she, um, she had an addiction, but she was born without a femur in her leg, and so she is an amputee, and so she has been on pain medication since she was seven. And so, if you will, just um, pray for her. Um, she will be graduating October 21st. And then um, I met a young man at the um, at the homeless service named Dejon Slaughter. And um, if y'all will just remember him, I thought he was about 18. He was 30. Um, but he um, he's facing some pretty tough things. And then the the last guy I want to tell you about is um, a guy I only met once. His name was Trunail. And he came to the block party. And he was just like one of our youth. I mean, he was just a kid. Um, he had been shot by his cousin two years before. And he had never, or he had not been out of his home since. Um, his face, you know, he had scars on his face and scars on his leg. And I just wish you could have seen our kids love on him. Um, and how happy, what joy he had. And so y'all just pray that he'll continue to be involved um, with Pastor Troy and his church. Um, but we have great kids, and they love people. Um, and I'm, I hope you get the opportunity to see that. Um, and I also want to mention Caleb and Summer. Um, God used them in our church. And I know, like, the parents of our kids know that. But I don't know that... Like, I don't know that you, that you know, but y'all just continue to pray for them. He, God used them in my girl's life, and I know he used them in, in all the kids' lives. So y'all just pray for them. They're going to do great things. Um, and, and thank you for, for allowing us to go and for, um, and for allowing us to have a youth minister that loves our kids and pours into them. So um, we, had, we had a great time, and I'm going to let the next person talk. I'm sorry. Okay. Talk a little bit. All right, so Eli, I think you're up. <laughs> I'll just hold it. Okay. I think the rest of them are going to hold it. Um, New Orleans, uh, my dad had told me that it was going to be a different place. And uh, right when we got there, uh, right off the bat, I noticed it was different. Um, had its ups and downs. But uh, like Caleb Peacock said, at the end of the week, it was a successful trip. Uh, when we first got down there, the first day, we was all kind of, okay, what's going on? Because we weren't doing much that morning. We didn't leave like our place until like 2 o'clock that day. We thought it was going to be like that every day, so we was like, all right, uh, what are we getting into? But as the week progressed, uh, we got to minister a lot to several people. We got to uh, meet, me and Hayes got to meet uh, a couple of homeless people, Samuel and Ernest. And before I went to the homeless uh, place, I didn't think homeless people were very open, but I was wrong about that. They were like, there were some sweet people, and uh, they weren't what I expected them to be. But, like, Samuel, he basically told us, like, his whole life story. And uh, it was really cool just to see that he seeked God and uh, 
just like he seeks God just like we do. And I'm not sure if he was yet saved, but we got to share the gospel with him. So like we got to plant the seed. Now it's God's. It's in God's hands. And uh, like the little kids at VBS, uh, there's one little kid named Nathaniel. I think we all liked him pretty good. We liked all of them, but Nathaniel, he was there every day. And then Carson, his grandma took him every day to it. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool because we got to love on the kids because some of them, they had a background where they didn't get much attention or like didn't get to care for. And uh, you could tell they just wanted that. So every time we was around them, you could see their smile, and that was just a big impact of the week. Like if you was having a bad day or something, that would uplift you. And then uh, a way it, like, uh, impacted my life was just uh, it opened my eyes just knowing that we are very blessed. Uh, up there is a different world. Um, there was one guy right when we got there. He wanted some food, money for food, and Miss Jen offered him some nabs, and he wouldn't take it. And that was just, it was open, like eye-opening because I had never seen anything like that. And uh, every night the, we went with uh, New Journey's youth group, and there were some pretty cool kids. And there was this one guy named Braden, and he could play guitar super well. So every night we'd go outside, just the youth, no adults or anything, and we'd worship. And that was like, the, that was like a huge part of the trip, just being able to just serve others and then at the end just do like what they're doing, just worshiping God. Uh, VBS, we started off with like a handful of kids. You could count them. But <laughs> at the end of the week, we had a lot. Uh, it tripled. But um, we went to the Batters Women's Shelter, and there's a big youth group there. I'm not sure what their names were, but they sang and stuff. And then we met Roberto, and we got to do a play as he preached. And that was real cool. And there were some more little kids there. And uh, we got to play with them and feed them and stuff. So it was just cool help serving. And uh, New Orleans, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> um, some prayers that can uh, be for New Orleans is just that um, the homeless and the little kids would just keep seeking God because uh, you could tell that they, they knew there was something there they needed and uh, being able to share the gospel with, gospel with them was an amazing experience for us and uh, just pray that uh, God will be with them and just have them in their hands, in His hands. And I want to thank y'all for... Uh, being able to let us uh, go to New Orleans. We couldn't have did it without y'all or the Lord. Uh, and, yeah, thank you for all y'all's prayers for us. And I'm going to let the next person talk. So, Hey. Okay. I'm going to try not to cry. Because Mama's already got me upset. But, first of all, I would like to thank everyone for the prayer, support, and love our youth group always receives. Thank you for always giving us this amazing opportunity, and I will never forget it. God opened my eyes to many new things in New Orleans. He taught me that I am free from the fear of man. He also showed me that I am called to love others who may not look exactly like me. I also learned that I am called to serve not only in New Orleans, but here in home in my day-to-day life. The Father showed me that I must be intentional about looking for ways to serve those who don't know Him. God's love in our youth group is so evident right now, and I'm so blessed I get to serve and grow alongside them. While we were in New Orleans, each morning we read a chapter out of 1 John. A verse that really stuck out to me was 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And as I read that, I couldn't help but think about how well our youth group not only loved on the kids from Bible school, but we loved and served each other well. I saw a beautiful picture of the Father's love. Sorry, of the Father's love in New Orleans. I also saw a picture of His beauty. So the last night the group was there, we held a block party for the kids we had like loved on that week. And there was one more, one moment at the block party I'll never forget. It had been raining all day, and me and Maddie, and I think Gray actually prayed in the windies. We were like, Lord, please let it stop raining. But anyway, that was a side note. 
Okay, so it finally broke off and the sun was broken through the clouds and all around me was chaos. Like music was blaring. Kids were sliding down the water slides. Our group was helping and loving on the kids. And everybody was just having a great time. And so I looked to my right and there was sweet gray. And we the ones that had been crying all week. And so of course like we were just squalling. But I looked at it and I said, God's love is just so evident in His beauty. Okay, sorry. But this trip was so eye-opening and amazing. And I would just like to thank you all again for letting our youth group love and serve others. I would also like to ask that you would pray for the city of New Orleans. There's a lot of heartache and hurt. So please pray that people would be receptive to the work that is being done. Thank you all. Hey, you guys. I'm really nervous. Okay. I saw God at work in NOLA in many ways. One of the ways was our youth group going to the women's shelter and getting to pour out our love into the kids and their moms. God was also at work in our youth group. We bonded and grew closer to each other so much throughout the week. God taught me how much we have and how much we take for granted, spending time with Him and having other amazing influences around me. Through the week reminded me of how amazing and faithful he is every day. I'm so thankful to be loved by him. Prayers for strength to make the the right decisions, also for those who don't know God, that they will hear about him and be curious to learn more every day. Those who are homeless, that they will be sheltered, or if they aren't, they will find safety and security wherever they may go. Also, the missionaries living there, that they would make the right decisions and the right words to say to unbelievers, and that they would have a loving heart to those who don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. I want to say thank you to this church for supporting our youth group and everything that we have done and we will do. We appreciate your support and willingness to give to us. We love y'all so much, and we are so blessed to have a loving church family. Thank y'all for being the best example to our youth. I saw God at work in NOLA in many ways. One way I saw him at work in NOLA was that in Pastor Troy's church, they were letting multiple churches use the building. I thought that that was so cool because one lady told me that it was God's church, so we need to let others use it because we aren't we aren't doing what we're supposed to do with it if we don't. Another way I saw God at work in New Orleans was that in the battered women's shelter, there were many women that had gone through or been in hard situations, but they came to the battered women's shelter to start over and get help. The people that work there not only help them find work and other things, but they help them by sharing God's word. Many women at the shelter had gotten saved, which is amazing. One way God has personally grown in me is that in New Orleans, I knew really, I knew that I really want what it meant. I knew what it really meant that God calls Christians to go and tell others about Him, and I wanted, and I wanted to. New Orleans has made me want to serve others and tell others about Him. You can be praying for New Orleans that the children there will keep growing and want to know more about God. Also pray for the homeless people and that they will continue to go to the church without walls and learn more about the love that Jesus has for them. Also that they will want a lifestyle that honors God. Something I learned in New Orleans is that I need to love others with actions. To me this means that I'm supposed to, to love others just as Jesus shows us love all the time. Thank y'all for your support in going to New Orleans. Thank y'all for encouraging our youth group. In June, I got to have the privilege to go to New Orleans. I got to see God work in many ways there. One way I got to see God work is when we went to the battered women's shelter. 
We got to serve food and had a church service with music. While we were singing, I thought about all the women and children there. Their kids were on their laps, and they were singing and praising God. Praising God. <laughs> wow, that is so special to me, because even through situations that they faced, they were still praising God. One thing I learned was that I need to be more thankful for what I have. How you can pray for Nola? Praying for the battered women's shelter, that they would have, that they would get their life turned around and strive for God, and that their children would also strive for God. Thank you, Spring Hill, for giving us the opportunity to go and tell others about Him. First of all, I want to thank Spring Hill for all that y'all do for our youth group. You never cease to love us unconditionally, and our group would not have been able to travel to New Orleans without your prayers and monetary support. I will have to admit that I was nervous as we were pulling into New Orleans. We were in this huge van, and we were, it was a sketch, and <laughs> um, we, were, we were driving down, and there were multiple homeless people alongside the road, and it just broke my heart as we were driving into the city. Um, and that was before we even got to where we were staying. Um, but throughout the trip, the Lord provided the safety and security we needed to do His work. Um, my favorite part about going to New Orleans was getting to go to the battered women's shelter, and we just got to love on the kids, and we fed them. And it was such a blessing to get to watch the ladies just stand there in the midst of all the chaos and worship the Lord. They were, oh, it was so, it was so heartwarming. And another of my favorite parts was walking around with Miss Misty and Alden. We walked around the block of where the healing center was, and that's where they practice Hindu or Voodoo. And it was, I was like, it was nervous. Like, I was nervous. I was nervous. Um, but we just, we walked around the street and we were praying out loud and we were looking at our surroundings and it was amazing how one house could be completely gorgeous and the next house looked like it was from another country. Um, that was, it was awesome to experience just to walk around the block and pray out loud and just know that God was at work in the city. Um, we are so blessed here and, um, Going to New Orleans just made me realize that even more. Um, the same, we are in the same exact country as New Orleans, but yet it's such a lost and hopeless city down there. And um, please continue to pray that the Lord would be in, at work in New Orleans. Um, we serve a very faithful Father, and I know that He will do the work. Thank you. I saw God at work in many ways in New Orleans. We were able to team up with Pastor Troy, and we were able to have a VBS and just show love to the kids that they might not get at home. Over the three days of VBS, we started with seven kids and ended with about 30. It was really cool to watch it grow each day and see more and more faces. We went to the battered women's shelter and spent time with them and their kids. In the end, the women were able to go up and pray with Pastor Troy. It was just hard to imagine what they had been through for them and their kids. We fed the homeless, and then we were able to have a conversation with some of them and about their faith. I had the chance to talk to a couple of guys named Samuel and Ernest. Samuel had been kicked out by his wife, and they both were now living on the streets. They were headed to the liquor store to cope with their situation until they had seen we were giving away food, so they came to get some, and that's how we were able to talk to them. We had a block party. This was another opportunity to spend time with some of the kids in New Orleans. We had water slides, bouncy houses, face painting, and food. The kids had a blast, and we had fun seeing them have fun. I was also affected in many ways personally. I felt like I grew impatience. Things did not always go as planned. <laughs> we had to keep the mindset that it's not all about me, but about God. After I saw New Orleans, I also realized how blessed I am. Blessed to have a family that loves and cares for me but also an amazing youth group that cares for each other, but most importantly, puts Jesus number one. 
New Orleans also needs a lot of prayers. It's a very dark place. There's many broken families and relationships, false religions. You can also pray for Samuel and Ernest. As we were talking to them, we asked if there was anything we could pray for them about. They told, they told us they struggled a lot with lust. This was the reason Samuel was kicked out by his wife and is something he is still struggling with. We can also pray for Troy as he continues his ministry in New Orleans. And thank you so much, Frank Hill, for making this trip possible. Not only was it a success for the kids in New Orleans, but also a blessing to our youth group to see the kids learning about God, having a blast, and being shown love for maybe the first time in their life. Thank you. Is it working now? Okay. So, whenever we went to New Orleans, I saw God work in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. But one way that stuck out to me the most was while we were, whenever we went to go visit the Battered Women's Shelter that night, they had a church service type thing going on. During one of the songs, I looked up and saw all the women singing along and pouring their hearts out. It was so special to me because they were not always in the best situation and they found out how to turn their life around and live it for God. While we were there, I realized that God has blessed me with so much more than I deserve and that things may not always go as planned, but you have to trust in Him. Some ways that you can pray for New Orleans is the many people that don't know who God is or know who God is, they just don't want to live their life for Him. There are a lot of... I can't talk. I'm sorry. There are a lot of many people like that. I would like to thank you all for sending us and for all the love and support. Hey, guys. Oops. Okay, I don't like this at all, so I'm sorry. Um, but first off, I would like to say thank you for all the love and support that you show me personally. Um, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that you have shown me this summer, or that you have given me this summer. Um, at D now this year, we studied a passage from Isaiah, um, and I was thinking, Hecox, you are crazy when when I read the passage, honestly. And but Isaiah chapter six verse eight really stood out to me. Um, it says, "And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, or who will go for us?" And then I said, "Here I am, send me." Um, Isaiah's response, here I am, send me, was very convicting for me at the time. And we also studied that passage at New Orleans, so it hit me really hard again. Um, So I'm learning that we are being sent every day, no matter where we are. Um, So I have to pray to have the same response as Isaiah daily, here I am, send me. So you can continue, you can pray for me that um, I will have that response. Um, I'm also learning that we are being sent to love others. Um, When we went to New Orleans, we had no clue what to expect. It was wild. (laughs) Um, But our team did jump right in, and they loved and served others so well despite um, their situation. They loved people well despite their past and despite their color also. Um, They loved the kids that were not easy to love at all. (laughs) Um, They loved the women from the shelter. Um, they loved the homeless, and they loved and served each other so well. Um, throughout the week, I got to see um, the Father's love very clear. Um, he, he doesn't love us based off our color. He doesn't love us based off our past or any works we could do. Um, his love is not biased, and it's not fearful at all. Um, so it was made so clear throughout, through our team, just a picture of the Father's love, that it's unconditional. Um, on the last day, I have a similar story as Emma. So on the last day, I stepped back, and the sun sh- um, was shining through the clouds. It had stopped raining, and the team was playing. They were dancing and singing and loving on all these p- kids. They were carrying them around. <laughs> and... Um, just the Father's love and His presence was so overwhelming. And, like, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. I will always remember that one moment. It was so overwhelming. Um, the people of New Orleans, they are very broken and hurt. Um, please pray for healing 
and comfort and that their eyes would be open to see um, their biggest need. And also, please pray for the seeds that have been planted around the city and Pastor Troy and Roberto, um, that they will continue to foster growth. Um, Thank you once again for your love that you show me. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that sins and that loves so well. Hey guys, can y'all see me? <laughs> um, I didn't bring anything up here because I knew there was no sense in it. I won't ever look at my notes. But um, I shared a little bit with my Sunday school class this morning uh, about New Orleans and about our trip. And um, one of the things I wanted to tell you, I don't know how many, Jen kind of mentioned this, but um, Summer and Caleb, um, their ministry, I felt like... <laughs> New Orleans was just such a great ending to their time at um, Spring Hill because I felt like everything that Caleb and Summer uh, poured in to our kids over that time was building to that point. I watched our, I've watched our kids grow um, over the past years and just um, just seeing them love. Um, and some of the things that Caleb asked them to do at the time was difficult, uh, like sharing their testimony on uh, Wednesday nights. They didn't want to. That wasn't fun for them. But Caleb was teaching them to be bold. And I saw that in New Orleans. I saw them be bold. Um, I don't think, honestly, if you'd have asked us to go to New Orleans before Caleb and Summer came, that we would have had as much success as we did because our kids would have been shy or backwards. They wouldn't have talked to people. But because of what Caleb and Summer did and how they poured into them and they showed them the Father's love and really showed them what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus, they were able to do that. And so you hear the guys talking about the homeless. I'll be honest with you, that was probably the thing I dreaded the most because when I lived in Nashville, um, I would see homeless people on the streets. And I'll be honest with you, I went in the opposite direction. Um, I wasn't, you know, one of these that was going to go up and hug them and love on them. That was probably my favorite thing that we did in New Orleans. Um, those people were amazing. I, I have so many stories I can share. I just want to share a couple of things with you about what I saw with our kids being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, when we were at, uh, at the, um, with the homeless, we met, uh, Dejon and just different ones. And, um, one of the things that just absolutely moved me, uh, was when we started to leave and you had, um, Dejon in the middle and all of these kids around him laying hands on him and praying. And I'm talking, not just praying, weeping. Every one of us walked off, (laughs) walked out of downtown New Orleans, bawling our head off. We just met this kid. Um, You know, we spent 35, 40 minutes with him and we made a connection. In fact, Jen has already called to check to see if he's um, taken up Pastor Troy's, um, Pastor Troy offered to to send him uh, to, what's it called again? Bethel, yeah. And uh, we just encouraged, encouraged, encouraged. I don't know that he'll ever go, but that seed was planted. He knows that these crazy kids from Spring Hill loved him and that they prayed for him. And they didn't, we didn't just give him food, but we gave him love. Um, and I can tell you about so many people that we met, but what I want to tell you is our kids live the gospel. That's what they did. They were asked to do things that normal 14, 15, 16-year-old kids don't want to do. Um, I watched them make sandwiches, serve kids, wipe noses. Oh, sorry. Wipe noses. Um, Maddie, God love her, she cleaned toilets um, and swept floors. Um, We... You know, they took care of kids that, you know, honestly, they came from bad situations and they didn't always 
uh, they weren't dressed right or they didn't smell right or they weren't clean. I mean, they were, you know, they honestly looked past every bit of that. Um, and I saw so many moments of love. I'll tell you one of my favorite, though. All right, and Bob. Um, we were in, uh, I helped with the music, and um, here we are, we're just singing and praising, you know, and these kids are wild, and they're bopping up and down, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs. And um, the kids from the, the battered women's shelter came on that last day, and we had already met them on Wednesday, so we'd already made some connections, but on that last day, on Friday, um, this one little girl that had connected with Emma, um, she had something wrong with her, and Emma had loved on her and just been super sweet. And anyway, she was a kid who didn't want to get up and sing and dance. She just wanted somebody to love on her. And um, I looked over, and um, she had her head in Emma's lap, and Emma was playing with her hair. And y'all have to know Emma, okay? Emma's a crier. If she's not crying, we worry. Um, but y'all, Emma was just sitting there, squalling her head off. Just big old crocodile tears, rubbing this little girl's hair. All the chaos around her. And that, to me, I saw the Father's love right there. These kids were the hands and feet of Christ. And I can tell you time and time and time again where I saw them love without question, without anybody making them do, they did it on their own. And so um, I want to thank you, Spring Hill, for letting us go. Um, but I also want to say thank you for, for Caleb and Summer. You guys um, felt the need to invest in Caleb and Summer. Um, this this was such a great ending um, because Caleb and Summer honestly taught these kids to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to love. And that's what I saw. And so I know we're in the midst of a transition. And I'll be honest, I mean, our, our ladies over here in our, our committee, you know, we try, but we can't do what Caleb and Summer did. It, it's just... We're just not that good. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're just not those people. And so I hope that you'll join me in praying um, that God is already preparing that person that's going to lead these kids because we don't want to lose that momentum. Um, these kids are on fire. Uh, one of the things that we learned at LFR um, was about desiring Jesus. I'm going to tell you, these kids desire Jesus. They're not... You know, when we got in the car, and I'll say this real quick and I'll shut up because um, I could probably preach. But um, when we left LFR um, yesterday, uh, me and Ella and Alden and Kara were in the car and we were just talking. And they were just talking 90 miles an hour about everything that had gone on. And one of the things I heard over and over was, I want to read my Bible more. I want to um, I want to pray more. I want to study the word more. Um that's not normal, guys. <laughs> uh, I teach school every day. That's not normal, okay? You have some really, really awesome kids. And I know one of mine's in there, and I don't give her enough credit sometimes because she's pretty awesome. Uh, she obviously takes after her daddy, not her mama. But, um, I mean, they're good. And I just want to say thank you for letting us go. Um, the mission trip, one of the things Caleb said over and over Caleb Hughes says this over and over, you got to be flexible. We learned you have to be flexible. You have to have a good attitude. I'm not always that person. Um, but we learned a lot on this trip. Um, and so thank you for letting us go. Thank you for pouring into our kids. Thank you, Brother Caleb, for allowing uh, us the opportunity to share. And um, I just want you guys to know I love you. And... Um, I hope that you'll continue to um, win your walk with Christ and that when school starts back that you won't just have an LFR high, that you'll continue on through um, and that we'll continue to see great things.
I think Misty covered everything. <laughs> but um, seriously, if you want a blessing, get you a bus and load up these 15 to 20 kids sitting right here. They are awesome. And you already know that, or you know some of them probably to some degree. Um, but I've spent half my summer with them now. And um, I get to spend a few more months with them come August. But um, they really are great kids, and I love them. And um, we appreciate the support that you give them. I did um, jot down some things that um, we saw in New Orleans We saw God at work at Cross Culture Community Church. We met Pastor Troy, and he gave us some history about New Orleans, and he told us some things about the spiritual darkness in the city, how it was the city was kind of divided. Um, If you grew up in one area, then you generally stayed in that area, and people really didn't reach out to others or cross those sort of territories or those um, territorial borders. And so um, we saw a little bit of that as we went to Edgewater Baptist Church, and we held a VBS there. The first morning, um, we only had seven kids, and they were really late for Bible school. Heather wouldn't have liked it at all. Um, We just stood around waiting. We were so excited, and then seven small children walked in because Pastor Troy had driven all over New Orleans that morning picking them up. And um, I think he started a couple of hours before Bible school actually started so that he could bring them in. And they were the children that were already a part of his church. Um, Also, that week after we completed Bible school, the second day, we went out canvassing the area that surrounded the church. And we were inviting people to come to the block party on Saturday. I was with um, two young girls, and this was not my cup of tea. I was out of my comfort zone for sure, knocking on doors, not knowing if someone was going to um, answer pleasantly. Um, But the girls that I was walking around the area with, they were very bold and um, they put on smiles and they eagerly said, I'll knock on the door this time. I will tell them what we're doing and what we're about. So we just took turns, whoever was, you know, feeling brave at the moment. Um, People there, um, we saw some people were very receptive because they already knew Pastor Troy. They knew about his work and what was going on at Cross Culture. Um, They had maybe attended um, some type of event or seen him um, doing some things in the city. And so while we were there, um, after the first day of Bible school, our numbers doubled. And then on the third day, they had tripled. And I think someone already mentioned that. But we had a list of contacts that he could um, reach out to some people that were not um, a part of his church yet. And we had some conversations um, as people were bringing their grandchildren in and signing them in to us and trusting us to watch them for a couple of hours. Um, we heard some stories about things that happened during Hurricane Katrina, some of the relief that came in. And um, so people have seen um, the goodness of God and the kindness of Christians And some people um, that we talk to are, you know, eager to know more. And so we are trusting that we planted seeds while we were there um, for this week. This was the first mission trip for me. And the things that we were asked to pray about in advance were exactly the things that we had to recall when we got there. We had met in Brother Caleb in Summer's home, and he asked us to pray um, in two ways, or for two things, that we would be flexible um, on this mission trip. And we didn't know what that meant, really. Be flexible, okay. Is that laid back? Is that, you know, flying by the seat of your pants? We just really didn't know. We found out soon when we got there what it meant to be flexible. We did not have an etched out agenda. We found out what some needs were, and we jumped in and we got our hands dirty. And... Um, We also were asked to remember that it's not about us. It was not about us being comfortable. It was not about us keeping a schedule or knowing exactly what was going to be asked of us. Um, And again, our kids, they were were so awesome. Um, They were so sweet and loving, and they did everything they were asked um, and more. 
I even had someone haul my luggage up three flights of stairs. And it wasn't even, it, it was not a child in our youth group. It was somebody who wasn't putting like a plug in for any reason. He just hauled my luggage up the stairs. Um, but these kids, our kids are great. Um, God showed me that there are needs all around me. I don't have to look very far. We certainly don't have to go to New Orleans um, to see that there are needs. There are needs in our community. Um, and um, I think our kids and, and adults, I mean, I have to say for myself, you know, um, when you go on a trip like this, you find out what it means to to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, not just, you know, not just tell someone that you will pray for them. Um, not only tell them of Jesus' love, but show them Jesus' love. And so a couple of things that I would ask you to pray among the many needs that are there, um, certainly spiritual needs, and that the gospel will um, spread and it will prevail over the darkness in that city. Um, that the people who call Nola home will seek the truth. Um, There was one little boy who came to Bible school. He came the first day, and he only came the first day to my knowledge. Um, But his name was Daniel, and he was in mine and Jen's class. He was ages like 5th to 6th grade, something like that. He stuck around for the lesson. That was the first thing that we did, kind of like we do here at home. We wanted them to, you know, get that first before we broke off into other activities. And um, I know on Wednesday he heard the gospel. And then he wanted to go home. And um, we began to try to encourage him and make him feel apart. And um, we asked him questions, what he liked to do on his free time. We found out that he had not been in school for some time, that he was just visiting family there, that he was really from Atlanta. And it seemed like he had uh, just a really hard life, but we know that he heard the gospel. Um, and and he didn't want to be there. It, it just wasn't for him. He was... One, he just seemed like a really quiet, maybe a shy kid, but um, there was probably layers of things that were going on in his heart and in his mind, and he was—he just wanted to kind of run from it. He, he wanted to call someone immediately. He just wanted to leave, and, um, you know, we're thinking, who wouldn't want to be here? We're about to have fun. Our boys are about to go out back with you and play ball, and we're about to do some crafts and sing about Jesus and it just wasn't um, something that he was familiar with. And I know there are a world of kids just like that. But his name is Daniel. And we know that he heard the gospel at least once. Um, but thank you for sending us. It was a blessing. Um, it was a joy. Pray that we will continue to be on mission every day right here at home. And I love you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you so much um, to Spring Hill. You are an amazing serving church. And and we didn't just go. You went with us. Um, the night before we left, I couldn't even sleep because in my head I'm thinking how I'm going to pack that van. <laughs> Heather provided us with more than enough stuff that we needed for Bible school. We we had things to leave with Brother Troy that he could do a whole nother Bible school with other people um, if he wanted to. And um, so... There's just so many things that you guys did before we left. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Um, I, I just can't express how much, how much your love and support went into this trip and went into the, the success that we had. And, um, you've heard everybody talk about Brother Troy. Brother Troy was, is a missionary and he is an amazing man. He, he has his, his hand in so many things in the city of New Orleans. And as we were going throughout, um, as we were going throughout New Orleans and the different things that we, that we experienced, everybody would say, Oh, I know Brother Troy. I know Brother Troy. Yeah, I want to get to his church. Um, because he is making an impact and he's making an impact through people like us and other churches who go and serve alongside of him. And so, um, he's just one man, but God is using him in a mighty way. And so, um, I was just so encouraged by that and the opportunity to be able to have a Bible school, um, as I was thinking about what to say today, like, you know how kind of like a little slideshow is just going through my head of all the wonderful experiences that we had. And I remember one morning, it was just a very emotional time for me because 
every day before Bible school. We kind of tried to brief the kids so that even though they might not be the one teaching, they're showing the love. They're showing God's love and, and they're backing us up in our stories. And, um, our, one of the verses that we were talking about, uh, was in John 14. I was hoping Caleb wasn't going over it this morning, but it's when Jesus knows he's about to die and he's trying to explain it to his disciples and they don't get it, you know, and he speaks to him in verse six and he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. And they didn't get it. They saw his miracles. They saw the things he did and they didn't understand. And for someone who, who does not know the gospel and they've never been in church and they've not heard, they don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Our kids get it. And, and to be able to stand in front of them and read that verse and to let them know that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one can come to God except through him. That was just an overwhelming experience for me because I knew that they were going and they were going to show that love. And they did. I mean, guys, they showed the love. It was amazing to watch. And I said this to them the last night, and I'm going to say it again. They loved unconditionally. And it was easy in New Orleans because we didn't know those kids. We didn't know their situations. We just knew that it was bad and that they needed, they needed love. And we loved them. We loved them when they didn't smell good. We loved them. We loved them. They loved them when they, they had snotty noses, like Missy said. They loved them in a dirty water pool full of nasty water and we stood in it and we showed love. I mean, they just loved. They, they loved unconditionally. But that's what God has called us to do and that's what Jesus does. And it's not just today. It's not just in New Orleans. It's going and it's loving unconditionally. And for me, it made me realize that um, that it's easy to judge. It's easy to say, oh, well, if they, they wouldn't be in this situation if this one, but we don't, that's not who God is. That's not who Jesus was or is. And so that's my challenge. And that's, and that's what we're seeing from these kids is that when you go out into school where you're not in a comfortable setting, you're, you're, you're among peer pressure and things like that that you love unconditionally, that you continue to be that. And guys, we've got some leaders in this group, and I know that they're going to go out and they're going to do that. Even to the fact that someone might make fun of you, but just think of what Jesus did to show unconditional love. And so um, I was just I was just so, so impressed. Um, but as I was, uh, as we were at the um, homeless, the homeless ministry, I watched this lady, um, this little lady who I would say she was in her mid-70s, you know, and I'm thinking, how did she end up here? You know, and she just had this look about her and that just was calming. And um, I, I just was watching her. She had finished her lunch. She had just a little bit of spaghetti left and she had a roll and she, you could tell that everything she had was in two bags and a coat. And so I knew that that was all the things that she had. And, and I watched her take that spaghetti, put it in that roll, put it in a brown paper sack, and put it in her bag for later. And um, I was just so convicted by that. But then uh, there was a guy with us, his name was Jason, and he walked, you know, he walked over to the lady, and I was standing with him. And he said, um, you know, we're, he explained where we, who we were, where we were from. And he said, is there anything that you would like for us to pray for you about today. And she looked at him and she said, No, I can't think of anything. And I don't, and he continued to tell her, you know, uh, what, what he would pray about. But I was so convicted at that very moment because I don't know her standing with God. I don't know why she was there. But I know that, that she had nothing. She had nothing. And, um, she was there homeless without anything. And, and she said, no, I can't think of anything. And I think of how much we have and how blessed we are. And, um, that just convicted me. So that convicted me to the core to think that we're so blessed. And if she, I don't know, but she seemed content in where she was. And I hope that she was content in the fact that she knows Jesus. But, um, 
there's just there's so much work being done. And uh, this is this is the last thing I want to say. As we were coming home, um, I was driving, and it was very emotional leaving because I was just thinking, you know, of all the things that we have here, and I was so I was so glad to be coming home to my family, to see Addison and Chad, and I was just thinking about all the blessings that we have in our in our life, and I was thinking that it's by the glory of God, the grace of God, that I wasn't born as a I wasn't born a child of an addict, and that I wasn't in the situation that we've seen some of those kids in, and that we've seen these women in. And, um, you know, I was just, and the song Holy Spirit came on the radio and it was just all I could do not to pull over because that just, God used that moment to let me see that, yes, I am, you know, the pres my presence is here and you have, we have done a mighty work. I have done a mighty work. God has done a mighty work among our youth and the people that we've served, um, it was it was just amazing, and it was an amazing feeling to know that it was it was kind of sad and overwhelming to feel like that we were driving away, but that also so thankful to see that that I know I have a warm house and I have a family, and that I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. And um, so to me, that was just just made me so thankful for everything that um, that I have and the way that God has blessed me, and I want to use that to His glory. Um, a thing that we could pray for, the kids have said lots of things that we could pray for, but some specific needs that, um, that we saw, uh, the adults mostly, is that, um, at Bethel, he, there's a men's ministry and a women's ministry. We did not get to experience the men's ministry, but we did see the women's ministry two different times. So in a way, we kind of felt like that we were, you know, that we, we recognized the kids and we could call them by name, but... Um, like they said on that Wednesday night, we were there at their place. And um, this is just an amazing thing that they have for the um, women and children. But they're, little, they're living in little shotgun houses. And, um, and I mean, many of these women probably come with nothing. Um, we had to go in one of them to wash, our, wash out something. Um, and I was afraid. Like, I took Cherie with me because it, it was... You know, that you have these little rooms and, well, I was mainly afraid a cat might come out, <laughs> but <laughs> truthfully, but I want her to protect me from an unknown cat, but, um, <laughs> but the rooms were so tiny, y'all, and I know that there was a fam, you know, there was a mother and some children who probably lived in that room and it was a little tiny table where they ate at and a little tiny couch where they could, you know, they met together. And, and I assume that probably two or three women and their children live in those houses. And um, there's a little area outside. And, and they have very strict rules for the women because they're trying to help them. I mean, they're trying to help them overcome addiction. And so one thing that they're giving them is structure. They're giving them, on the back of the door, there were jobs for the women to do and they had to be in by dark. The lady who was kind of in charge when we were finishing up our our service, she's like, y'all got to get inside. Y'all, I, These people, they can leave in a minute, but y'all got to get inside, she, you know, because they would get in trouble if they had not followed the rules. And the kids were out playing, and they were playing on two cheap, broken-down swing sets. And um, we just saw that as a need of something that we can do. I mean, those swing sets do not cost a lot of money. Um but that's something that we could do to help out those children. I had one little girl who was from the Bethel in my Bible school class one day, and she was a handful, and she kept hanging on stuff. Like, on the table, she would put her legs and hang like a possum. And, and I, and so one day I said, so what do you do? Like, I don't think they, I don't think they're allowed to bring toys and things like that. I mean, the kids, one kid told me that they had toys, but they were at a friend's house. And so I don't think that the children who come here have the luxuries that even our kids have. But anyway, this little girl has just been hanging. And I said, well, what do you do? And she said, I just hang. I love to hang. And I was like, well, no wonder. <laughs> but she said, I hang. I love to hang off the fence. And um, so, you know, like we can pray as a church that there are many things that we can do to help Pastor Troy, even though we're not there. Like we could purchase some swing sets. Um 
he even said that he has someone who can put them together for him. Um, there's a couple children who have special needs, and so they needed, um, like, pull-ups, some larger-sized pull-ups. Um, and I'm sure that if we ask, there's even more things that we can do to help those people. Like, I'm sure just to have nice new towels or, you know, something like that that, that we take for granted would be a blessing. And so um, we have Pastor Troy's contact information, and, you know, we can help. And we're not there. Um, there's lots of things that we can do. So we'll just pray in that way that we can pray and, um, you know, that we can be a help, that we can be hands and feet to them. So um, thank you again for this opportunity and thank you again for your support. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you all for the uh, love and support, not just for me, but these uh, amazing uh students who went to uh, New Orleans, and uh, one of the things that God did at work in New Orleans was just basically the way that we loved on the kids, not just from the uh, women's batter shelter, but also the kids showed up at uh, VBS, which basically that was my favorite week of it, so was the VBS when we just loved on those kids, and I mean, like some people said, first day when we were down there for VBS was we had seven kids, and then the last day... There was about more kids showing up, and I was thinking that, man, that was like God showed us that we can love on these kids. So, And then uh, God personally growing in me from New Orleans was, especially like every night, we were just, just the team, the students would go out and just worship Jesus every day. And I was like... God just showing us that we can just worship him, even if it's not just here in Spring Hill in New Orleans or just anywhere we go. And especially one verse stuck it out to me, I think Matt has said it personally, was Isaiah 6, verse 8, and it said, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And that's basically like the one thing I was struggling before I went on this trip to New Orleans was, how can I be that one person to go out to a city of New Orleans just to see and, I mean, also just getting to meet Pastor Troy. He was just an amazing guy to meet and uh, minister with. And uh, some prayer needs, like people saying that we could just pray for the city, for the entire city of New Orleans, for the kids that came to VBS and just the people in the uh, women's batter shelter and uh just uh again thank you for the time that you allow us just to go to new orleans uh thank you for allowing us just to love all these kids and uh just continue to pray for us and uh thank you um thank you guys when we were coming into tonight um I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I told them and asked them, I just said, hey, listen, I'm just strongly encouraging everyone. I didn't say you have to. I, I, I don't like those words because, I don't know, I don't want someone to have like a panic attack up here or something, you know. Um, although some of you guys seem like you're a little bit close. No, nah, not too bad. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, anyway, I didn't really have many expectations about what to expect, but let me just tell you guys, you did exceptional this has been one of my favorite evenings of worship that I think that we've ever had since I've been here. I mean, I mean that. And that that doesn't happen if you're not, uh, first of all, willing, but also that you are um, listening to the Lord. And that tonight has been, I mean, it's been exceptional. And each and every one of you were a part of that. Leaders, thank you for just being willing um, to open your hearts it, it is of great benefit to the flock when we share what God is doing in our hearts. Um, the Bible tells us over and over to ascribe to the Lord his faithfulness and to share that, to pass it on to the next generation. And so sharing the stories of what God has done in our hearts has a way of impacting those around us. And uh, man, tonight was exceptional. So could we say one more time thank you to all of them collectively for just listening and being willing. Amen. I'm going to close with 
two things, okay, and they're both letters. Uh, this is from Kevin Edge. He's the pastor at New Journey, and uh, I think I read this on a Wednesday night, but students, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Uh, pastor Kevin said this. He said, I cannot tell you what a joy it was to serve alongside Spring Hill this past week. So I've had this for a few weeks. It says, the Lord Jesus did much for his name in New Orleans, and the people of Spring Hill were crucial to what was done. I'm so grateful for all the hard work that happened before and during our trip. Please join us again next year. And in the meantime, know that I'm praying for you all. Kevin also told me uh, when a chan- I got a chance to meet with him and just kind of talk and do a little bit of our own debriefing, and he was sharing some things with me. He told me, and listen, New Journey goes uh, on mission trips frequently, a couple a year, and um, he told me that that was the best mission trip that he could ever remember them going on. And he told me that there's no way that it would have been as good as it was if Spring Hill wasn't there. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And so as your pastor, I am so encouraged. Are you snapping at yourself all the time? Okay, whatever. That's fine. Um, I am so encouraged by you guys. And, and just to echo what has been said many, many times, you're just wonderful. And you love Jesus and you love others. And I'm really pleased to be your pastor. Okay. And the last one is a note as well. And this one is from... Caleb and Summer. All right. I'll let you guys look at it. Um, I'll, I'll drop it down there and y'all can look at it, but I want to read it. Okay. It says this, and this is addressed to the, to the church family, not just to the students. It says, dear Spring Hill family, words won't suffice, but I'll do my best to express our gratitude and love for you. Let me exhort you by saying church y'all love so incredibly well from day one. We felt loved and welcomed as family. Even to our first, uh, or to our own, sorry, to our last days, y'all lavished us with kind words, encouragement, gifts, and prayers. Thank you to each and every one of you. We pray that you will continue to remain faithful to the gospel, unified in Christ, and vessels for his glory, for he is so worthy. With joyful hearts, we send our love, Caleb Summer and Nova Grace. It says, P.S. Students. Remember that you are our joy and crown. Stay close to God and strive to fall more in love with your perfect creator every day. We love each of you and daily we pray for you. So, that's just wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't have anything else to say. Um, some of y'all preached already, so I'm not going to do that. All right. Uh, let's just close and just thank God for, again, and a wonderful evening. This has been such an awesome time. We have, I think that we have made a joyful noise uh, to the Lord tonight. And so let's pray and thank him for that, okay? God, we thank you for tonight. You are the reason for all of this. You've called us to live on mission, and these students and leaders have done so, and we have seen overwhelmingly that it was so worth it. Lord, thank you for calling us beyond our comfort zones to your glory zone. And uh, Lord, help. thank you for using us, for using these students and leaders. May we all take a, uh, a note from them and be obedient and to love people with the love of Jesus because we are so loved by Christ. As we dismiss tonight, continue to move in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.